I want to. I want to. Hello and welcome to Peaked Episode Three. Today we're going to be talking about Twin Peaks again. Episode called Episode Two, but it's really Episode Three, but not really. But okay, we'll go with it. Zen or the skill to catch a killer. I'm your host Austin Robert, and this is uh, my lovely little co-host who's going to do no talking at all while I'm here. Noah Bryan. No. And he's wearing a full suit today because he's channeling his Kyle McLaughlin, and that's all he has to say. So, episode two, my thoughts. Really, really weird. Thoughts? Say that again. Thoughts? Shut up, I'll tell you when you get to talk. Okay, so. Okay. Shut the fuck up. My first thought about the episode is a lot of seductive dancing from a lot of different groups of people. And I'm going to hand it over to my co-host, and that's all the talking I'll do this episode. Yeah, so that's uh, all the time Austin had for this episode. So he's gone by, Austin. Yeah, bye. See you later. See you again next week, guys. Uh, I'll try to pop in if my uh, busy schedule, you know, being a star kind of takes a toll on me. He's a child star. Yeah, I was uh, actually worked with the Olsen twins for a long time, but I'll try to pop in. Okay, thank you for your time. Um, yeah, this is episode two of season one, also known as Zen or the Skill to Catch a Killer. That's not two separate choices. It's not Zen or the Skill to Catch a Killer. Zen, the or is part of the title. I could have said that easier. Anyway, this was directed by David Lynch. He's back in the saddle directing. Uh, writers are your favorite pair, Mark Frost and David Lynch. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Fuck those guys, right? No, no. Just Mark. Just Mark. This episode aired on the 19th of April, 1990. Thoughts? Long, long time ago. I think my mother was about 14 then. Mine was... Twelve. Your mom is younger than my mom? Is that surprising? Not really, actually. That's fine. I accept it. How old's your mom? Uh, it's rude to ask a woman her age. Oh, 26. Got it. Do you want to hear a side story about my mom's age? Sure. Okay, so every year on my mom's birthday, I wish her a happy 26th birthday because she doesn't want to feel old. And I don't want to make her feel old because she is kind of getting old. So I tell her she's 26. And it makes her feel young. And then I go, wow, you don't look a day over. <clears throat> Are you going to up the age at all once you hit 26? No, I think it's probably funnier if I don't. Yeah, it sounds like something you would do. Well, respectfully. The origin of me telling her that is when I was a kid, I would go, Mom, how old are you? And she would go, I'm 26, and I'll always be 26. 26 was the age when she had me, so I think she goes with the last time she was happy. Thoughts? Uh, funny. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, this had 19.2 million viewers in the U.S. when it aired. Thoughts? Uh, that's a lot of people. It's actually not that many people, but my mom... Going back to her, do you have any thoughts on me talking about my mom so much? No, not really. I'm used to it. Okay, so my mom, I was talking to her while she was here uh, to visit me, because I'm an angel, and she said that it was really popular with the wine moms in Hamilton, which is unfortunately, to my shame, where my mom is from. And then she, that was all she had to say about Twin Peaks. She hasn't seen it. Uh, that's a shame. It has to be associated in any way with Hamilton, the worst city in the world. Well, wine moms in Hamilton love to watch cigarettes. Sorry, wait. Worse... City, worst ghost town in the world, because nobody lives there. Nobody lives in Hamilton. It's also an apocalyptic wasteland. If you've ever driven by Hamilton, uh, if you see any of the factories that are, like, uh, shooting fire out, that's not a running factory. That's just a side effect of the apocalypse. But basically, uh, all the wine moms would get together, smoke some ciggies, which are, you know, bad for you. And Noah's saying cigarettes are good for you. Sorry, my bad. I forgot that they were good for gut health, like Activia. Uh, they would smoke ciggies and drink wine and get real horny over Dale Cooper. I also get horny over Dale Cooper. And I did drink some wine yesterday. I smoked a cigarette a month ago, so. Yeah. Am I a wine mom from Hamilton? I hope not. Don't answer that question, please. What is a cigarette? 
A cigarette is a thing people smoke to feel happy sometimes. Oh. Um, we start this episode with the Horn family. <laughs> Horn. That's all I had to say. <laughs> okay, thoughts? Uh, I don't like that their brother... Okay, wait, I got it. We'll, we'll get there. The Horn family, they're eating dinner together. Saying a word reminds me of... Not my family, actually. Uh, but we were eat- they're, they're eating, and then this man comes in. He's short-ish. Gives me short vibes. Maybe not actually short, but gives me short vibes. He gives me short something vibes. Okay, interesting. He's got short hair. That's what you meant, obviously. I was only talking about hair. I'm a Christian, so... Yeah. Austin Christian Black, that's your name. Well, actually, no. Good to know. And he comes in, he's wearing a scarf, like a jacket. He's kind of dripped out. And he gets the hotel staff to come in and give him all his luggage and three loaves of bread. This man introduces himself as Jerry Horn. Four loaves of bread. Austin's holding up his hand. Sure, I'll I'll trust him on that. I'm saying four because he said he ate four sandwiches a day. That would make sense. He comes in with four loaves of bread. He says, Brother Benjamin, because his brother is Benjamin Horn. I hate Benjamin Horn, and I hate his brother even more. Jerry. And he says, It's funny because of the ice cream. Exactly. And Jerry says, I ate four of these a day when I was in Paris. He was in Paris. <coughs> um, Austin's being problematic in the club. Um, thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he gives Ben one to try, and this made Austin ick. Because uh, Ben, in natural human being fashion, holds the baguette uh, with brie and uh, cheese. He holds it lengthwise. Brie is cheese. Well, it's, I don't know what to tell you. No, it was butter and brie. Well, butter your brie, anyway. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, Benjamin takes a bite out of it lengthwise. Made Austin very uncomfortable. This is the most uncomfortable he got this episode, which is interesting. I think this is the uncomfortable highlight. Anyway, Ben and Jerry split up. They go to a separate room to talk. Benjamin tells Jerry about the Norwegians leaving town, which is... Who the fuck eats a sandwich from the side? The horns, apparently. Would you eat a hot dog from the side? No, but the horns would. Okay, would you eat Subway from the side? No, but the horns probably would. Would you eat any sandwich shaped like a Subway sandwich from the side? Probably not, but the horns probably would. That's why the horns, except for Sherilyn Fenn, my love, can all stop appearing in the show, because I'm done with them. Okay, interesting. Um, Yeah, they uh, go aside. He updates Jerry on the news about the Norwegians leaving and Leland's daughter, Laura Palmer, being dead. Rip. Well, uh, kind of. I don't. Well, we'll get there. Okay, I just don't think she's dead. Dun, dun, dun. Wrapped in plastic. Do you think she's not dead and not wrapped in plastic, or? I think that was another girl. Okay. A new girl. I think Laura has too many secrets to be dead. Two can give a secret if one of them is dead. I actually, I've seen the whole show to completion about three times, because I watched it with my mom when I was nine. And that's the end of the story. Thrilling stories. Thrilling tale. Where are we? I don't... At the beginning of the episode still. Jesus. Um, we... Uh, sorry, we just made eye contact really awkwardly. Um, that was fun. Um, Jerry's like, oh man, I'm depressed. Just like me, for real, for real. Um, thoughts? Uh, do you want help? No. Thoughts? Um, I think you, you, you could ask me for help, buddy. Thoughts? Um, yeah, so my thoughts on Jerry... Okay, anyway, so, they, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to be rude there. 
I want this episode to run in a clip. I'm gonna go home. You kept me in here for hours. Walked away. It's 9.21 p.m., Grandpa. I need to be home by 11 so I can get my beauty sweep. You're a child. I have class at 10 a.m. tomorrow. It takes me like an hour to get to class. You can go to sleep at 5 and get a good three hours of sleep. That's all your body needs. You're right. I'll do that. And you can start your day with one energy drink. And then at lunchtime, you get a second one. No, uh, two Slurpees, please. Oh, you're right, yeah. Because I am Dale Cooper if he drank Slurpees instead of coffee and everything that entails. Let me tell you about the Breakfast of Champions. So I I know, I'm related to this person. I won't specify who out of respect for the dead. She's not dead yet, I hope. Well, actually, I wouldn't mind if she was dead. Well, no, let's say that I don't know her well enough to know if she's dead. Uh, anyway, she used to tell me that the Breakfast of Champions was a uh, Red Bull and a cigarette. And I'm not saying I live by that, but I am saying not a bad rule. Uh, both of those things are very bad for you, and I wouldn't consume either of them, but not a bad rule. Please take care of yourselves, everybody, so that we can have more listeners, please. I want more listeners. I want these numbers to go up. God damn it. This suit makes me feel official. I should calm down. Anyway, they agreed to go to a little place called One-Eyed Jacks, because One-Eyed Jacks has a new girl fresh from the perfume counter. And we know <laughs> the perfume counter at Ben's department store that he owns. Yeah. So that's where he's recruiting at least one of these girls from. Prostitutes. Prostitutes? They are prostitutes, right? Yeah. And that's where that's where Ronette worked? Well, we know she worked at least the perfume counter. And probably the blowjob counter. You got nothing to say? I have too many jokes, and I'm not sure if I should say any of them. So we're going to breeze right by that. We're back. We had a cutout there. I don't know. I'll, I don't know how to segue because I didn't listen to where it cut out, really. Um, prostitutes, am I right, people? Anyway. <laughs> we, uh... What's the deal with, with the suckers? <laughs> we went very different directions. There. Um, I wish I was a more respectful human being. Thoughts? You are. Um, anyway. Uh, then we cut to the J... To Frankenstein. Mm. Oh. I Thoughts? immediately looked at him, and then they showed a fireplace, and I went... God, I wish Frankenstein would fall in the fire. And then you checked out for the rest of the scene. Thoughts? I actually did. I have no idea what happened after that. I, I was writing a letterbox review for My Neighbor Totoro. Well, let me remind you what happened. I also did not pay attention, because I don't give a shit. Uh, well, actually, I do know what, what happened. Uh, Frankenstein just said goodnight to Donna's parents. And Donna's parents left the room. That was it? For Donna and James to talk. And then we cut back to them later, but... So My Neighbor Totoro is a 1980-something movie, before I was born, so I don't know the specific year, because, uh, old people. 1953. No, it wasn't. Shut up. <laughs> right, 1954. Anyway, it's got this little frog girl and a cat bus. Check it out, guys. Shut up, cat buses. It's like a bus, but for your cat. No, it's, it's, it's a cat that is a bus, and it's one of the coolest fictional characters in the world. It's like a bus, but for your cat. No, it's, it's right there. I have a stuffed animal of it on the shelf. It's a cat, and it's also a bus. It moves people, not cats. Ooh, we're hot in the studio today. Anyway, we go to uh, One-Eyed Jacks, which is in Canada. We find that out later, but I'm just saying it now. Thoughts? Mm -hmm. uh, Canada. Why is that in the show? Canada's not real. Actually, though, it's not real. David Lynch invented Canada. Yeah, he did. It's weird. He hates Canada, I feel like. Slight spoilers. Not like heavy split, but... Uh... A lot of bad shit goes on in Canada in this show. 
Well, as we all know, as big fans of David Lynch, I have seen at least one David Lynch movie. That's true, because I watched the pilot for Twin Peaks. I haven't seen any other David Lynch stuff, but I do watch his weather reports every morning on his YouTube channel, David Lynch Theater. He puts out weather he reports. He puts out weather reports uh, like every morning. I'm not kidding. And he's such an angel, and his voice is kind of weird, but like I don't want to shame him, but it's a little off. And I just want to give him a big old hug. So go watch his weather reports. Yeah, he's a great guy. His career kind of flopped after the first episode of Twin Peaks, so he really needs the support. Yeah, he needs a shout-out from us, specifically a podcast with 14 listeners. Three of those listeners being us. The third one being your cat. And two of them being my mom and roommate. Yeah, exactly. Um, Please share this with your friends, guys. I beg of you. Um, Shout-out to our one listener in Alberta. You know who you are. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Jerry... (laughs) Jerry orders uh, two double scotches on the rocks. That's fun. Uh, then Blackie shows up. That's the uh, queen prostitute. Right. The Lord of the Prostitutes, which is my future uh, job title. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's actually your title on this show. I'm the queen of the prostitutes? Does that make you the king of the prostitutes? Are we married? Are you a prostitute? No. Then who are the prostitutes? Not my cats, that's for sure. We don't have any prostitutes yet, but we do have a prostitute queen. So, if you know any <laughs> prostitutes, send them to... Uh, no! All hail me. Cut that. All hail me, though. The queen of the prostitutes. You better cut that. Big no. Okay, anyway. Um, Blackie shows up. Ben kisses her hand, like, Mwah! And then he recites Shakespeare to her. Fun fact, my girlfriend, shout out, always calls Shakespeare Shakespeare, which I just find fun. Anyway. She's gay. For the, for the record. I'm not just saying a slur. And so are you. So am I, actually. I'm, I am I didn't mean to... Sorry if I accidentally and offended anybody. So there. am I. So we're all good here. Um, ben and Jerry flip a coin to see who gets to fuck the new girl. Uh, huh. Ben wins by calling heads, which I think is a fun detail. Seems like a very odd game for brothers. Yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to be hard right now, but... No, it's hard. <laughs> At work, creating this podcast for you. Exactly. Um, then we cut back to Frankenstein and Donna. Fest. I actually, that's my actual note is James and Donna's snooze fest. All right. Do they, he do can they, read that. Do they ever? Yeah, that's, that's true. That's what he wrote. Does it ever get good? <laughs> Sometimes. Even, even when they make out, I want to go to sleep. Not hot maker outers. They do make out. Because when are they not? Uh, then we cut to, uh, Coop in his hotel room at the Great Northern. Oh, legend. He answers the phone. It's Hawk. Hawk tells him about the one-armed man he saw in the hospital last episode. We know about that already. Legend. Trivia. Do I want to say this trivia? Yes. I do forget it. what trivia it is. I think I'm thinking of a different trivia, and I'll say that different trivia later. So, don't worry. It will Bye. come up. Don't worry. Coop gets a note at the door talking about Jack with one eye, which is clearly a hint to one-eyed Jacks. Uh, I don't know who wrote the note. I'm pretty sure from context clues later, it's Audrey Thoughts. Oh, Audrey. That's my thought. That's all I needed to hear. Then we cut to Bopper and Snake, our favorite heroes. Yeah, no. Thoughts? I hope Bopper gets murdered by Leo, and then I hope Leo, get, Leo, Leo gets murdered by Sherilyn Fenn. Like the actress, not the character. What if Leo, Snake, and Bopper, who are Mike and Bobby for the uninitiated asshats, uh, I'm sorry, I love you all. No, um, he doesn't. Uh, I love at least one of you. Um, uh, what if they, Bopper, Snake, and Leo all died in like a three-way shootout type thing where they're all pointing a gun at each other and then they each die? Like, 
Bobby shoots Leo, shoots uh, Mike, shoots Bobby. I don't know if I'm supposed to have a boner right now. Interesting. Ooh, it's there, and it's a it's it's a it's it's a big one. Ooh boy, Chubber chubbed up in the club right now. Anyway, Bopper and Snake are in a dark forest. I hope I keep that. Um, I don't know where it'll fit, but I want to keep it. That's just what put, she said. Just put me saying chubber at the end. Okay. Uh, Bopper and Snake are in a dark forest. Uh, they venture into the far- dark forest. They find Leo's football under a tree. They pick it up. And there ain't enough cocaine in there. You look at that and it's like, that's not enough cocaine for any man or any woman or any person. Anybody. Not enough cocaine in that football. Not enough cocaine in that football. And then the light turns on, and it's Leo. He's standing there, looking hot, looking sexy, looking ponytailed well, up. I would say the opposite, actually. He is ponytailed up, though. Yeah, but he's ugly. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be positive to people now. Okay, well, um, the the actor is a beautiful man. The character is an ugly bastard who beat up Alice Cooper. Shout out to Eric Daré, uh, the actor, um, and the casting director's son. Nepotism. Keep the nepotism out of my Twin Peaks. Oh, there's a lot of nepotism in Twin Peaks. You're not ready. Um, anyway, Leo's like... Leo also has a shotgun, by the way, for the record. Pump action. Anyway. We're so horny. <laughs> what is this? I'm not horny at all right now, but actually. But the content of our conversation... I think you should cut that part. Probably. I'll cut all the horny talk. Don't worry. Not all of it. Some of it, at least. Anyway. Um, where the fuck am I? Geographically speaking. Anyway, Leo has a... at, uh... Yeah, exactly. In Chicago. In Chicago. Check out... Actually, it's in Oshawa. I live in Oshawa. You poor soul. My dad's from Oshawa, and I lived there for three and a half years, I think. I'm actually deeply sorry for you. Um, anyway, uh, Leo Leo has a shotgun. Uh, He shows up. He wants more money, essentially, because he he didn't give them enough cocaine, because he didn't give them enough money. They clearly have some sort of arrangement going on. Bobby's like, who's that? And then we see, hiding behind a tree is just a, somebody in like in a black a trench coat with a, like a black, it was more of like a ski robber mask. Oh. It was cloth, not okay. robber. Okay. Yeah. And he's watching from the shadow, they're watching from the shadows and Bopper's like, who is that? Are they with you? And Leo says, forget about it. Which doesn't really answer any, any questions. Qu- I find this show the tendency of not answering any questions they ask. And then that's the fun part. And then no, it's not fun for me because I'm left feeling very annoyed. Anyway, uh, before I let Austin realize he's going to hate this show, <laughs> um, Leo points out he needs a new pair of shoes. He really does. Leo, he said, "Daddy needs no pair of shoes." He didn't say that. He said, "Leo needs a new pair of shoes." And Austin put his arm around me as he said that. That was weird. Um, in a fun way, I don't mind. Leo knows Shelley's uh, cheating on him. Unknown if he knows it's with Bopper or not. Mm. Kind of ambiguous, but Leo says he'll take care of it. Uh, then he makes Bopper and Snake run and throws a football at him. I'm doing a very good job at just calling Bopper and Snake. I'm proud of myself. Um, then we cut to Ed. Oh, I love Ed and his stupid little eye patch wife. Nadine. Yeah, she's crazy, but in like a good way. Ed shows up. He's got grease all over his hands. Oh. I thought it was blood and I, I uh, was a little concerned. And then I said, why are his hands all gross? It's black, colorblind. Yeah, I actually am. Yeah. This isn't all like a bit. I actually, you're gonna make me cry. I no, I'm genuinely ask my girlfriend, my girlfriend, your girlfriend, my girlfriend, lovely girl. I'm colorblind. Not one of our listeners. Yeah, no, I asked her to listen to the podcast, and she said, 
I'll get to it. Dagnabbit. Um, are you actually colorblind? Yeah, I'm colorblind, but for like specific colors, like I can't really tell the difference between darker colors usually. Okay. Like uh, like blues and purples, depending on how dark they are, kind of blend together. Browns and greens blend together for me. Uh, pink I'm usually good at, but sometimes I think pink is purple. Okay, you know why this is weird to me? Because, you know that friend of mine I talked about who's from the other side of the country who yeah. I remind who you remind me a lot of? Yeah. Also colorblind. The one I'm super jealous of. Why are you jealous of I'm just a dirty replacement. You're not a dirty replacement. You're your whole own human being. You wouldn't be a dirty replacement if you weren't colorblind. I, I'm colorblind. I can't help it. Okay, well, that's what they all say. I can see yellow. Good. Ed walks in through the door. He accidentally steps on the drape runners, breaking them. Nadine's on a rowing machine. She's mad. She's upset. She's freaking out. She yells at him. Ed walks away. Nadine shows super strength and breaks the rowing machine. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I was actually really upset at that point. Okay, what? Because she worked so hard on her, her, um, drape runner. And then she yells at Ed. I wasn't upset for her, actually. I don't give a fuck about her. Okay, but the super strength. Thoughts on that? She is scary. That's what I'm saying. I think Ed's being abused. Okay, interesting. Then... What do we do? 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 Oh, uh, we go to the cop boys in the forest. Uh, they're measuring out a distance between a blackboard and a glass bottle. Which That's is my it. favorite part of the episode, other than when the little person did a little jig. Little jig for a little man. Is that offensive? Maybe, but I thought it was really funny. It, yeah, it is funny, but he does a little dance and it makes me incredibly happy. And then they play. We'll it. get there, though. Okay. I'm sorry, but it is at the end of the episode, so we have to wait. Um, Then we cut back to the Johnson household. Shelly's watching Invitation to Love, which is just a soap opera on the TV. Soap operas. Then Bobby shows up, calling himself, I'm not sure if you caught this one, Mm -hmm. new new bopper nickname just dropped. Get ready. Yeah. Big? Big Bad Bobcat. Big Bad Bobcat, which I think is my nickname now. Or Big Bad Bobcat. That's what I called him, Big Bad Bobcat. Can I be a Big Bad Bobcat? You can be H. Okay, cool. Anyway, um, favorite tool song, actually. Anyway, uh, Bobby sees uh, Shelly's bruise, and he's like, God damn it, who did this to you? He sounds exactly <laughs> like that. Um, he knows it's Leo. Shelly's like, if Leo finds out about us, he's going to kill us both. Both. Um, and then Bobby said, the Bobcat himself. Yeah. He says, Leo does this to you again. I'll kill him myself. Exactly. So now things are getting tense. Getting Which reminded me a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean, but that's not important. Okay, interesting. Elaborate on that. No, I actually can't, because I don't know why. Okay, good. All right. Is, I, that, actually, is that even a line in Pirates of the Caribbean? I'll kill him myself? I actually, believe it or not, do not know every single line that is in uh, the hit film Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, released 2006. 2003! Released 2024. No! Okay, so it goes 2003 was Curse of the Black Pearl, and then Dead Man's Chest was 2005. Or 2000. Fuck! Okay, and then the next one, which is called The End of the World? What's it called? At World's End. At World's End! Thank you. It came out in 2007. And I know that because my sister was born in 2005, and I just add two years. Okay, interesting. Well, good thing we aren't a Pirates of the Caribbean podcast. I wish, though. That, that was, was my pitch, and Noah said no. That wasn't his pitch. This was all my idea. My pitch was Game of Thrones. 
His pitch was... Well, well, which was Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Where am I? Uh, anyway, then we go to Ed at the double R. He says, it isn't the first time, it won't be the last time, but boy, am I in that doghouse again. He's such a king. He's my favorite person, I think, on the planet. He's really good. He's just so pure. Um, that's really all that happens in that scene, actually, genuinely. Uh, he talks to Norma, who, again, he's having a love affair with. He is? Hey, we established that in the pilot. And no longer like Ed. Love affair. You love each other, remember? Because her not... husband's uh, in prison for manslaughter? Yeah, but they're not banging, right? I don't think so. And they're not, like... He's not cheating on my love, Norma. Well, Norma is... No, who am I talking about? The eye patch lady. Nadine. Nadine! He's not cheating I on... I thought you hated Nadine, because she... I do, but I don't like cheating. He's not cheating on Nadine, right? You think him cheating on Nadine would be worse than Nadine hitting on him? The normal hitting on him. The Nadine hitting him, rather. Oh, no, I think beating is bad, but I think he should just leave her then. He can't because he's a man, he has to be stoic and cool and, you know. No, I don't believe in that. Is he being beat and also cheating, or is it just one? I don't think he's being beaten. I don't think he's physically cheating. Just emotionally? Almost definitely. Still bad. Okay, we'll get there. Then we go back to the forest. Uh, Lucy gives everybody coffees. Shout out Lucy. She's the best. I love Lucy. She gets yelled at in this episode. It made me very upset. Yeah, it's devastating. Anyway, uh, she gives everybody coffee. Coop drinks it and then spits it out and says, that's damn good coffee. And hot! And hot! Spiky boy. Um, anyway, uh... Gosh, I love peeking the mic. That's why it's called peaked. Um, because we're bad at audio. Anyway, uh, Cooper explains what's about to happen. They all sit down in little chairs in the forest, like it's a little classroom. He flips the blackboard over to show a map of Tibet. He explains the history of Tibet, which is really good, which, of course, if you don't know the history of Tibet, JK, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so, basically, the Dalai Lama, uh, or no, sorry, the Dalai Lama is a sacred figure in Tibet. The, the communist Chinese government invaded Tibet and in, left, the 1950s. in the 1950s. In the 1950s, and they left the Dalai Lama? Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama in charge, and in 1959, uh, the they there was a revolt by the Tibet people, and the Dal Dalai Lama went in banishment into India. And I think there's a new Dalai Lama because you told me that, but I don't really know anything else. Well, there's a new one now. At the time, I don't think there was a new one. And uh, did I get Coop, anything right? I think you got all of it right, actually. <laughs> Call me. I don't remember it well enough. That's a big but day for I, me. That, that's a big day for you. That's not right enough. And Cooper hopes the Dalai Lama can one day return home. And isn't that sweet? That is sweet. Anyway, Cooper explains that he had a dream three years ago that uh, helped him like get in touch with his spiritual side and also taught him this deductive method they're going to do, which includes, um, on the blackboard, they have every Jay name related to Laura Palmer, because we know Laura was nervous to meet Jay that night. That night. That night. You know the night. The night she died. So, they wrote down every nice. Jay name, and uh, they have Andy standing by the bottle 60 feet and 6 inches away. Um, I remember the number, don't worry. And then Harry's there, uh, Hawk has oven mitts on, and he's holding a bucket full of rocks. I love this part of the episode. It's so goddamn Specifically good. one part, but I'm assuming we're not there yet. We'll get there, I'm sure. The way it works is Cooper picks up a rock, Harry reads the name and explains the relation to Laura Palmer, Cooper repeats the name, and he throws the rock at the bottle. Now, if the bottle... Gets hit by the rock. He wants Lucy to do a check mark, and that's where we are. So we go through the list of names. I did not write down every list of names. I just wrote down the important ones. 
Um, don't worry. Leo Johnson, Alice Cooper's mom, uh, Bopper, James Hurley, Norma, and One Eyed Jacks, and One Eyed Jack, or Jacks with one Jack with one eye, because that's the hint he got. Anyway, so um, uh, on Jacoby, Doctor Jacoby, I think you forgot that one. Yes, Doctor Jacoby, he hits the bottle and the bottle falls over, but it does not break. It does not break, and it's very important that we note that it did not break. And he tells Lucy to note it. And Lucy does note it, because she is my goddamn queen. And she gets yelled at. That's later, though. <sighs> um, I forget which one it's for, but at one of the throws, uh, the rock bounces off a tree and hits Andy in the head. They make a good joke about it. That was funny. I saw you laughing. That's my favorite part of the episode. It's really good. And they say, uh, well, you know what they say, you can't... I'm trying to refer, remember it because it's a real good joke. But basically, they call him an idiot, and he just giggles and go, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right." And good. he's just like me, for real, for real. Jake, you're smarter than that. You're a smart little boy. Then through this, we find out this is how Cooper finds out one one eyed Jacks is actually a location across the border. This is where Lucy gets yelled at because she doesn't know if she should erase the name or not. Lucy being iconic, I have that written down. Then uh, the last name on the list is Leo Johnson, who Leo. throws the bottle and it. Hits the bottle and breaks. The glass breaks, not the rock. Um, yeah. And so that's probably our next lead. So we know he has something to do with something. He definitely did something. And definitely we'll get to something. that. And then we go to Audrey. Oh, Cheryl and Fenn. At the double R. She's actually, this scene made me very uncomfortable. And she plays music off the juke jukebox. And then she orders coffee. Fun fact, this uh, song, actually I'll say that later. Um, he orders coffee, sits down at the thing, ordering coffee. Uh, Donna is there with her family. Sans, her younger sister that we met in the pilot, if you remember her. No, I don't. I just remember the 30-year-old who's eight. Exactly. Okay. 27-year-old. Anyway, I got this part. Audrey orders a coffee, and she gets it from Norma. Definitely little Norma. And then she go. then her friend comes over. Laura Palmer's friend also. Donna. James's whatever Frankenstein senior Mrs. Frankenstein comes over and sits down, and Audrey goes, "Did you not? Do you like coffee? I like it a little creamy." And then she, she doesn't say she that. goes, "You're fucking editorializing." No, I'm not. I'm saying you want what it to I sound remember. sexier. This is what I remember from the episode. She goes, "I like mine creamy." Dale Cooper likes his coffee black. He loves coffee. I love it. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> That's what I remember from the episode, though. Uh, Audrey does... Oh, Donna's drinking milk, by the way, which is a big red flag. Oh, no! I hate people who drink straight milk. Do you know what I mean? It's the worst kind of person. It's giving, like, conservative dad who's like, I need to make my bones stronger so I can be a man. I think you have a lot of pent-up aggression about milk that you should talk through with, uh, with a licensed professional. I just don't like that they grab the cow's udder because you can't ask the cow if he's okay with his milk being stolen. Cows are never male. You can't ask the cow if she's okay with her milk being stolen. That milk was for her baby. And now fucking Norma or Donna. Donna is, she's she's drinking the milk out of a glass. Cows can't use glasses. They don't have the way to consent to their milk being stolen. And I'm huge in animal rights. You just like cows. I only like cows, but I am a vegetarian. Fucking 
bootlicker. Like, keep the bootlicker, but cut us laughing so it seemed better. Yeah. Um, keep that whole bit, though. Uh, Audrey asks Donna if she ever heard Laura talking about Ben, Audrey's father. And Donna's like, no, why? And Audrey says that apparently he used to sing to Laura back when Laura was tutoring Johnny, Audrey's younger brother. They're not younger brother. Fuck, you have me saying it now. <laughs> Mentally younger brother. Whoa. Well, he is mentally younger. He's well, but I'm not convinced great. she's mentally older. Anyway, uh, Audrey's like, do you like this song? The song she's playing on the jukebox. Do you like this song? It's so dreamy. And then she gets up and she starts dancing. Now, I do have trivia about this dance. Are you ready? Yeah. For one thing, this track by Angelo Badalamenti, who's the composer for all of Twin Peaks. Uh, this song is just called Audrey's Dance. Also, fun fact, Audrey's actress, Cheryl Fenn, didn't know she was going to have to dance. And she does not have formal dance training. So she just improved all of that. And that's why it's so weird, but also so entrancing. It was really good for improv. Like, it's not actual <laughs> dancing, but so, like, yeah. entrancing. You it's, know? Like, it's, like, fun to watch. It's hypnotic. It's good. And with the music, too, it's all so perfect. Um, and she was dancing, too. They played that track a lot. She, like, danced to that a lot. Anyway, uh, we love Sherlyn Fenn in this house. I have her picture up. Yes, we do. In my... Your, your wallpaper's just Sherilyn Fenn. Making weird faces. There's one, face. there's one of her picking her nose. That's my favorite. Because no reason. Thoughts? Sherilyn Fenn picking her nose? Well, not, not hot. Interesting. Moving forward. Um, <laughs> moving forward, uh, Coop and Truman are hanging out. <laughs> not hanging out. They're working on a case together. Yeah, they're uh, just chilling. They're actually playing some on uh, NES. They're pl- yeah, they're playing a little bit of uh, Yoshi's Island for the SNES. Yeah, exactly. Which did not come out until 1994. Unless I'm just lying, I might. I you might be, be wrong. Um, we go to those two. I'm gonna Google it. Okay. Keep um, talking. They're talking. They were talking about the lore case. Uh, Cooper mentions Hawk found a bloody rag at the crime scene, and they're like, huh? Anyway, then we cut to the front desk of the sheriff's office, or the police station. Lucy's there, and a man and his boys show up. 1995, Yoshi's Island came out. Okay, interesting. Uh, Say the full title. Uh, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Okay, thank you. And what kind of game is it? It's a platform game developed and published by Nintendo. I I, I didn't ask about that part. For the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, the player controls Yoshi, a friendly dinosaur, on a quest to reunite baby Mario with his brother Luigi, who has been kidnapped by Kamek. As, su- as a Super Mario series platformer, Yoshi runs and jumps to reach the end of the level while solving the puzzles coll- and collecting items with Mario's help. The game has hand-drawn aesthetic and was the first in the game in the franchise to have Yoshi as its main character, where it introduces his signature flutter jump and egg spawning abilities. And that's from Wikipedia to save credit. You can't cut any of that. I'm not happy. No, I'm not, I'm not fucking happy. I will be so upset if that gets cut. It's not going to get cut. would be a real pro gamer move to cut that, though, and but then keep in you saying you'd be mad if I cut it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to cut it, though, don't worry. And you and just, no, just leave in, uh, I'm not fucking happy, and then me saying, please don't cut that. Yeah, uh, I'll keep it all in. Don't worry. I love you too much to actually cut it. Yeah, you don't want to take away my happiness and then have to worry about me a little bit. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Albert and his boys show up. <laughs> Albert Rosenfield. He talks to Lucy. Um, me pretending to cry really got awesome. Then. Um, and then <laughs> Albert shows up. He's mean to Lucy, which is unacceptable. Lucy calls the sheriff, like... <laughs> 
rings the conference room and she's like, Truman, it, or Sheriff Truman, is Cooper there with you? And Sheriff Truman is like, yes, she, yes, he is, Lucy. And then Cooper interrupts before Lucy can say anything and predicts the fact that Albert's there with his team. Who's a like, huge dick. I hate his guts. He was mean to Lucy, my love. One of my faves, actually, Albert. Fuck him. Um, oh, God, I would. I'm, I'm joking, I wouldn't. Um, I no, would. no offense to him, though. He's just not my type. And then they go out to the room to... Or wait, actually, before that, Coop warns Truman that Albert leads a uh, life with uh, that lacks social niceties. And Truman's like, well, everybody has their problems. And this next part made Austin so happy. We made eye contact. It's a really sweet moment between the two of us. Because it's a sweet moment between the two of them in the show. Where uh, That's what happened. Well, no, he doesn't grab his cheek. He grabs his nose. Oh, sorry. Uh, you're still thinking about Leo Johnson. Yeah. Save me some cherry pop, baby. That's what Cooper says to Truman. Yeah, okay, okay. No, Truman... Uh, Cooper, Cooper says, save daddy some cherry pie, baby. Yeah, exactly like that. Anyway, no. Cooper... Or, uh, uh, Truman says, like, everybody has their problems or whatever. And Cooper says, isn't that the truth? And then, like, pinches Truman's nose and goes, like, <laughs> and they would just smile at each other. It was very romantic. And I was definitely improvised, and it's just so sweet and cute. And this is the type of shit I love about this series. Thoughts? I loved every second of it, and I wish, uh, you know, you and I actually liked each other in real life and were just contracted to be on this show so that we could do that. Yeah, I wish it, I, we knew each other better rather than just being here because our boss has told us We to actually be. haven't met before we started recording episode one. Yeah, this is... We've actually never met before. We were created as clones for a David Lynch movie, but he scrapped the movie completely, and this was our task. Yeah, if anybody knows about that movie David Lynch was talking about, where uh, he was working with Netflix, and then that deal fell through like two years ago, that was actually us. Yeah, um, and now we have no purpose, and we uh, we have to do this until it's over and then we're probably just going to dematerialize yeah exactly he actually wanted to do a twin peaks prequel thing that was kind of weird where half of it was following a young cooper and half of it was following a young harry truman before they knew each other and we are clones of michael onkeen and kyle mclaughlin um i resent that and a hotter clone of michael onkeen Thank you. And He's not an ugly man. I just hate the a character. Cooler clone of Michael Ankeen. And Do you think it's valid that I think the character's kind of boring? Well, I think that's what's so fun about him. No, because he just—I feel like he adds nothing, and he's just there so that Cooper can look cool, and it bothers me. No, he is the spice of life. He's the thing about Twin Peaks as a town that you like—you know, the slow, steady, small town feeling. I don't get that. I'm just like, he's a boring-looking cowboy dude. The girls who get it, get it, and the girls who don't, gorn. And clearly you gorn, my motherfucking friend, who I just met. Clone. Well, you're my clone. You dirty clone. clone. Um, Run for the hills. Good Iron Maiden song. Anyway, uh, they go outside to talk to Albert and his team. Albert's mean, because he hates small-town life, apparently. Uh, and then... Coop's just smiling the whole time, which I really like. He's just like... He kind of always does that, and I love it. He's great. Unlike and true man. I want to point out that uh, in the background, Lucy is reading a book about Tibet. She's adorable. Thoughts? She's just the best character in the show, other than... Like, okay, I say she, Audrey is, because I love Sherilyn Fenn. She's not. She's, like, probably my, my fourth favorite. But, like, other than Ed, I think Lucy's my favorite. <laughs> Uh, Lucy's great. I love her very much. Uh, and then, uh, Sheriff takes Albert aside and threatens him. 
punch his teeth all the way to Queer Street, whatever the fuck that means, thoughts? I didn't like it at all. I think there just is actually a street in Twin Peaks near Queer Street. No, I think he was just, it's the 90s and he was just being homophobic. Maybe, but there's a lot of very progressive stuff in this show from the 90s that you haven't seen it, so I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'll find out. We'll all find out. I've actually never seen this show before either. That's kidding. I'm joking. In the test tube, David showed it to me. Our Dave, father, David. David won't let me watch movies. I've only seen an American Tale. He made you watch an American Tale 3,000 times. Which is why I love it so much. Yeah, exactly. Favorite character in an American Tale. Go. One word answer. The little Italian freak mouse who leaves, uh, le- he leaves Fievel so he can get some mouse pussy, and that's, that's actually what happens in the movie. He abandons little orphan, well, presumed orphan Fievel so that he can go fuck this other mouse, and he's like, hey, buddy, forget about it. I'll be back later, huh? I'm just gonna go get some mouse pussy. I'll see you later, huh? Forget about it, huh? And then he goes, I'm walking here, writing some mouse pussy, huh? That film, of course, was made by Don Bluth. It's uh, amazing. Don Bluth's masterpiece and only film. Uh, well, no. Uh, American Tale. Anyway, uh, Albert and his team leaves. Uh, Coop gives Harry a thumbs up. Then we cut to Ed coming back into his home. Nadine screams his name very angrily and then runs at him. Austin seemed worried, I think. And then she actually just hugs him. I uh, thought he was going to get the shit kicked out of him. And then... Nadine explains she's so happy because he helped her because she realized the grease on the cotton balls really made the drapes. lubed up her drapes. <laughs> Sounds like a euphemism, lubed up drapes. Uh, and lubed up my drapes. Anyway. Um, uh, no. No. Disaster, as our good friend of the show would say. I'm not actually going to say his name, I'm just going to say good friend of the show. It's Jeff. It's Jeff, friend of the show. Jeffy. Uh, F.A. Nadine realizes the grease made the runner silent and she proves it by using the drapes and they're completely silent and they are they it was really boring to watch but they were completely silent and I was just happy my buddy Ed didn't get the shit kicked out of him by Nadine and Nadine's happy and she's like we're gonna be rich and that's that scene Uh, then we cut to Pete and Catherine talking Uh, we mentioned the fish in the park there's a fish in in the the percolator Um, and he's 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 lubing up his shoes on her bed yeah, exactly. He's pulling his, polishing his shoes, and then while Catherine's like in another room, he sneaks the door open and gives Josie a key, and he says that there's a ledger hidden. And then she walks away. Uh, Catherine and Pete talk some more. Catherine tells Pete to go to his room. They sleep in separate rooms. That's just sad. Um, At that point, that makes them both divorced. happier. And you know what? If that makes them happier, but they can still have a healthy relationship outside of that, good for them. Yeah, clearly good for them. Don't. But I. Um, yeah, good for them. And then Josie opens up a safe with the key, and she finds two ledgers for the lodge, which is illegal. Ah, uh, crime! Crime in my Twin Peaks? Impossible. Anyway. Not like it's about murder. It's actually not at all, because Laura Palmer's not dead. We'll get there. Leland, Leland Palmer, back at the Palmer household, starts playing uh, Philadelphia 6-5000 by, I forget who made it. Um, and he starts dancing with the Laura Palmer picture. Super weird. And then his wife goes... And he's crying. His, his and wife his wife goes, starts screaming. What's happening in this house, Leland? What's happening? Exactly, because she's asking him to stop, and they're fighting over it, and Leland's like, we need to dance with Laura. Um, and we can't. I just realized that blanket has plankton from Spongebob on it. Anyway, I don't want to talk well, about it anymore. It's a Spongebob that. blanket. 
It shit. also has SpongeBob on it. Impossible. I said I didn't want to talk about it anymore, okay? Well, I'm going to show it to you. Um, and then the frame shatters. Uh, Leland cuts his hand on it. That was improvised, actually. He didn't mean to cut his hand on the glass, but he did actually cut his hand on the glass. Got hit in the face by the blanket there. Very nice blanket. Anyway. With um, Spongebob on it. Yeah, I see Spongebob's on it. Yeah, Sarah cries about what's going on in the house. Then we cut to Cooper. He's <gasps> tucking in. He's tucking in for the night. Cooper! He's sleeping. He's a good boy. He's going to sleep. Taking a little nappy nap. He doesn't talk to my good friend Diane once in this episode. How do you feel about that? Thoughts? I'm like, actually upset. Interesting, because I thought you hated Diane. No, I just want to know who she is. Interesting, she's me. Um, Noah? Diane is Cooper from an alternate universe Noah, where he's a woman. I know you were born in 2007. You're not Diane. This was nice. Same year as uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Best movie. No! At World's End, which I totally remember the name of earlier. And then Cooper has a bit of a dream. A little bit of a dreamy dream. Um, and before we, I actually get into this, I'll explain the trivia first. Which is, all this weird shit we see in the dream, actually, in the pilot. Just not the pilot we watched. Because when it was being made, they made a different pilot. That they could just run as an independent, like a standalone movie internationally, like in Europe. And in really? that, they had to come up with a different ending. So all the clips are like from that different ending, but they end up using it here, which is just fun. Yeah, and the ending of the episode, which is very long, uh, is great because there's a dancing guy. We'll get there, don't worry. Because um, first we have a little bit of other stuff. First we cut to Cooper. He's in a red room, a room with red drapes. You can almost call it a red room with weird little zigzags on the floor. I'm not sure if he knows the zigzag did floor. Not, did not notice the floor. I was too busy looking at Laura Palmer, who's alive. Um, and there's a little man, and he is shaken. He's just grooving, baby, and his speech is all messed like, up. Um, hunched away, turned away, and like... He looks kind of like my around. nephew. He looks exactly like Austin's nephew. And then we cut to some shots of like other things. Uh, from the show, and we hear the Fire Walk With Me poem, which I did yeah. not have written down, but you know the poem. Um, I actually don't know what Fire Walk With Me even is. Oh. Isn't that a David Bowie album? Yeah. The one with uh, I'm a Starman Rebel Rebel. That's the second time you've sang Starman on this show, and the second time you've gotten the lyrics wrong in the exact same way. Mama didn't know if I was a boy or a girl. I'm a Starman. Life on Mars, the movie Labyrinth, starring the hottest person on the planet, Jennifer Connelly. I don't know her name, but she was in Hulk in 2003. Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly. Uh, Austin's dad. Rip to him. Rip, Austin, a.k.a. Michael Onkin, too. Uh, moment of <laughs> I don't silent. know why you laugh like that. <laughs> <laughs> moment of silent form. <gasps> I almost threw up there. What I happened? I almost induced vomiting. What happened? Did I die? Yeah, just for a little bit. Oh my god, just like David Bowie. We're going to have to call David Lynch up. David Bowie's not dead, for the record. No, he lives on in my heart. In the stars of the man. <laughs> anyway, and then we see a one-armed man, the one-armed man from the hospital. Yeah. And he's talking to the camera. Uh, probably to Coop, but he's facing the camera, you know what I mean. And he explains how he used to live with somebody else above a convenience store together. Uh-huh. Um, and he used to have a tattoo on his left shoulder. But then he saw the face of God, and cut the whole arm off. Thoughts? I was scared. Good. He refers to himself as Mike, in all caps, 
thoughts. Yeah, and then the other guy also is all in all caps, but we'll get to that. And then he says, and he is Bob, all caps. Bob! And this is the silver-haired guy. And it's actually Bob the Tomato, who's uh, featured in VeggieTales. That's all I had to say about that. Okay. Bob says, Mike! Mike! Um, that peak looks fun on the audio format. Anyway. Uh, and then he says, I'm going to get you with my death bag. And then he promises he will kill again. Yes. Yeah. I was frightened. This whole episode frightened me, basically. Who do you think gonna, he's going to kill again, if he does kill again? I think it's going to be Cooper. No, I think it's going to be Cooper. And Audrey. Uh, then we go back to the Red Room. Do you want a full list of the people who I think are going to die within the first season? Yes. Okay, so not Cooper, because I know he's in the return. But my list goes. Bopper. Snake. Snake! Audrey Horn. Audrey Horn's little brother, bigger brother. Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Horn. Hopefully all the Horns. Ben and Jerry Horn. What about the mother who's not in the show at all, ever? Well, I assume she is dead. Well, she is in the show, but she doesn't say anything. Really, ever. Oh, well, then basically you can just kill her right now. Leo. You can just kill him off. Leo Johnson. Alice Cooper's mom has to live forever. She can't die, okay? And then Donna, I hope, dies. And Frankenstein, I hope, dies. But I don't think they will. Interesting predictions for season one. Anyway. We're in the red room again. I Sorry. just killed off half a the room cast. that is red. Yeah, you did. Um, and Cooper is old. The effects aren't great, but he does look old. You got that much, at least. Yeah. I pointed out that the effects look shitty, and you said it was the 90s, and I don't think that's a good enough excuse. Also, TV show budget. Yeah, so, like, I took a special effects class in the 11th grade, and I could do better than that. Because you have better technology than 1990. I used glue. No, and we paint. fucking did it. Yeah, we used glue and paint and cotton balls. Impossible. Okay. Were the cotton balls greased up? They were greased up. How glue. silent were your drape runners? Well, the drape runners were my friend's face, but very silent. Very good. Um, we're in the room. Uh, the little man's still shuffling, and then he says, Let's rock! And just to explain this to you, what essentially is happening is uh, David Lynch really likes playing around with audio and sound. Uh, what he's doing here is he's having the actors say the lines backwards right. and then reversing it. So it sounds like it's going forwards, but it sounds weird because they're actually talking backwards. And it's very fun, very genius. I like it a lot. Uh, and then Laura Palmer's just chilling. Yeah, and she's alive, like I said. She's just chilling. The little man sits down and he starts rubbing his hands together. And then he says, I've got good news. That gum you like is going to come back in style. Thoughts. I was giggling. This whole segment was, I know it wasn't supposed to be funny, or at least I don't think it was supposed to be funny. The whole thing made me giggle. It's a good scene. And then he points at Laura Palmer and says, she's my cousin. I but didn't doesn't get she... that bit. Well, because you weren't paying attention. But she's full of secrets. I knew that. He says, you didn't know that. Very good. He points out and he says, this is my cousin. But doesn't she look exactly like Laura Palmer? Yeah, she does. She is Laura Palmer. And then Cooper, being the man who has eyes as he is, he says, that is Laura Palmer. And after a second, he looks at Laura Palmer and he says, are you Laura Palmer? And then she says that sometimes she feels like she knows Laura Palmer. Right. But sometimes her arms bend back. Thoughts? Uh, I thought it was weird and uncomfortable, but she is Laura Palmer. And Laura Palmer is alive. And this whole show is a lie. Take it up with Dad, David Lynch. <laughs> Good old dad. You know, he never taught me to fish, but he sure did make a TV show. And he sure did show you an American tale. And he told me the weather. Good. Anyway, um, sorry, checking my phone for a second there. Uh, I accidentally forgot to write down a line, 
so sorry everybody uh the little man says something and i missed it and it's an iconic line and i'm sorry i forgot it i'm sorry i missed it i'm sorry i'm not gonna look it up he says let's boogie and then he starts dancing well no um he but then after that oh he says something about birds singing and then he says where they're from there's always music in the air um and then swing music starts playing the lights start flashing and he gets up very and he erotic. starts dancing oh he was chubbed up yeah, I know. He I, being Austin, I didn't have a boner, but I uh, was very aroused. Not aroused, Perhaps. but like Into it. I was like feeling mm, the energy. I understand how someone could watch this and be jumped up. Yeah, okay. Um, I f- I asked myself a couple times if it was okay for me to be aroused. Okay, I'll turn away. <laughs> Turned into a horse there. Sorry, gang. Um, clopping around. Um, I'm clopping. I'm flopping. Anyway, Laura gets up. Well, or Laura. Laura, the little man's cousin. Yeah, cousin Dale, who looks like Laura, but he's not, and feels like she knows Laura. Anyway, she gets up, she kisses him right on the mouth. Thoughts? Kiss the mic. We have to share the microphone. Don't kiss it. I love you, Dale. Sheesh! Am I right, boys and girls and people? <laughs> um, and then she whispers something in his ear. We don't hear what it is. Sally, no, like, I'll pick that fuck. And then she whispers in his ear. We don't get to hear what she says. And then Cooper wakes up. He grabs that phone and he calls Truman. And he's like, meet me in the dining room at the Great Northern at 7 a.m. Because I know who killed Laura Palmer. And then the swing music, which faded out, fades back in. Cooper starts snapping along to it. Almost as if he can hear it. Thoughts. I think he was probably aroused. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Thoughts on the episode as a whole. As a whole, it was weird, uncomfortable, and fun, and I liked most of it. Yeah, I think this is the... When I tell people to watch Twin Peaks, which I do a lot, you can attest to that. Yeah, I was being told for four months, and I was going, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And one time we got super drunk, and him, Noah, him being Noah, and two of our other friends were like, you got to watch Twin Peaks. you got to watch Twin Peaks. And I was like, I'll get to it. And then they were like, well, this was what happens. And then they explained the entire show to me. And I can't remember because I was so shit-faced. And then I was like, oh, dude, I got to watch it. And then I remember I was drunk. And I went and I called my girlfriend. I was like, yo, I just found out I got to watch Twin Peaks. And then she was like, what? Are you drunk right now? I was like, yeah, I'm going to go home and watch Twin Peaks. She was like, okay, good night. And then I went home and I did not watch Twin Peaks. He blacked out for four months and now we're here because David, Actually, Daddy David Lynch got really mad at us for he escaping the tubes us. that night. Yeah, he reset us. He said, you were supposed to be celibate. And that's our show for the night. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, the credits. Highlight of the episode. The credit, my highlight of the episode is the credits when the little guy does his little jig. Little light of the episode. Probably, uh, if I had to pick one, it would be the scene with Ed, my boy, and Norma? Nadine. Nadine. Sorry. No, Nadine is the wife. Okay, sorry. sorry. Norma, because it was just kind of boring, and I was like, I don't think this needs to be here. Interesting. Okay, now, uh, the two usual questions. Uh, who do you think killed Laura Palmer? I think it was Leo Johnson. Okay. Now, what do you think is going to happen next episode? Episode 3, also known as Rest in Pain. Well, I think someone's going to get murdered again. 
Do you want to know who I think it is? Who? Donna. Okay. And Elaborate. I just have a feeling they're going to pick off, because she was the closest to Laura at the Tower of Death, other than Makes maybe... Sense. Maybe other than the James, but I also think James is somehow caught up in the murdering, even though they've already been like, he's innocent. I don't believe it. Uh, so I think she's going to die, and because um, they foreshadowed, I'm going to kill again on my deathbed. Uh, and then I think that Audrey is going to be creepy and weird, but hot. Okay, and what, one final question. What do you think the death bag is? A bag where he keeps... One possession from each dead person. Interesting. I like that take. Anyway, uh, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. We're on Twitter at Peaked Pod, uh, we're, or Peaked Media Pod, rather. We're on Instagram at Peaked underscore Pod. I'm Noah Bryan. This is Austin Robert. Thank you for listening. Sorry we were so horny. Mwah. That's life. That's what people say. say. It's a cat, and it's also a bus. It moves people, not cats. Don't cry. I'm not. I'm not being mean. For I just you really upset me because I really love Cat Bus, and I don't know anything else about that movie because I forgot. So you need to stop crying, because we're making a movie here. We're making a show here. Do you want to be famous? Do you want show business to take off for you? Stop crying like a little bitch. <laughs> it's like a bus. <laughs> your cat. You need to shut up or I'm going to kick you off the show, okay? You heard me at the beginning of the episode. I take the reins now. I'm the one who records this, you motherfucker. You can't do shit without me. You're nothing without me, okay? You motherfucker, you listen to me, all right? You, you're not anything without me, you motherfucker. You mother- you're the Mark Frost of my David Lynch. No, that's not true, you little bitch. You're the fucking whatever that guy's name is to my Dale Cooper. You're the Leo to my Johnson. <laughs> that sounds horny. I'm actually the, what's the girl's name again? I'm Alice Cooper's mom to your Leo. I don't abuse you. He beats me with soap rocks or socks. Soap, soap, rock. soap socks. <laughs> soap rock is my new band. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all going at the end. <laughs> it better. I'm definitely keeping it.